everyone. Welcome to the Galactic Podcast. I am Lauren Romo, and with me as always is my cousin and fellow nerd, Andrea Gutierrez. Hello. What's going on, Ange? Chilling. Chilling? How's <laughs> how's it going? How's it going? Man, guys? I'm excited to talk about Star Wars today. I feel like, you know, I got caught up in one of those moments where I was talking to someone at work mm-hmm. that kind of liked Star Wars, but then I kind of went off the deep end and like <laughs> wanted to get into like Clone Wars stuff. And talk about like the lawless episode, and I was like, I shouldn't push this person. I just calm down. <laughs> know your limits, Andrea. Know your limits <laughs> and boundaries. <laughs> Baby Yoda, I think, was like where I needed to stay. Nice, yeah. Well, I mean, that came out today too. We heard uh, no- uh, October thirtieth for season two, man. So that's gonna be exciting. I think we're all gonna be excited. So. All right. uh, If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are Star Wars Podcast to discuss anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. In each episode, we will dive into one or two topics and have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics, a specific character, you name it. We talk about it. Andrea. Lauren. We have a fabulous guest with us today that we're going to have some fun with. Um, He is an author of a fabulous star wars book called why we love star wars the great moments that built a galaxy far far away he's a comedian he is a genuine generally a awesome nice guy unless he's playing red dead redemption on twitch <laughs> ken napsack welcome to the galactic podcast oh Woo. i'm so happy to be here morning. <laughs> yeah number one because i i run you know, Lauren, you, you made a little ad and I run your ad for your podcast and my podcast and some mm-hmm. of my podcasts. And I love hearing you say it's the Galactic Podcast. And I'm <laughs> so happy to finally be on the Galactic Podcast. It's an honor. And yeah, <laughs> nice. thank you for not to hold me too close to the flames on some of my actions <laughs> in Red Dead Redemption 2 recently on Twitch. <laughs> had to shoot them. I I mean, I, I gave you credit where credit was due. The one moment you had to, I, I will definitely give you that one, my friend. <laughs> so how, how are we doing, though, over there? Uh, quarantine, obviously, we're still yeah. kind of going all around. Uh, how are you and Grace doing? We're good. We're good. We're, you know, I always say good, well enough or good adjacent. Obviously, there's a lot <laughs> going on out in the world and, and you mm-hmm. um, it's important to always read and plug into it, but also try to make sure you don't let yourself get overwhelmed. And overwhelmed can be a lot of different kinds of emotions or thoughts or feelings. But uh, so we're doing good. We're maintaining. Fortunate to have a little bit of our own little space with a fire pit. So we can just go out and relax if we need to when we need to in a safe way so uh we're good man we're good we're good appreciate it yeah hey no problem always got to check in for sure mm-hmm. um so obviously what we like to do here is ask our guests kind of how they got into star wars their their gateway into this mm-hmm. franchise that we all love and enjoy mm-hmm. um was it something that you as a young as a young as a young ken mm-hmm. was it something that you just you saw it and you were into it was it just a group of you and your friends that started talking about it how did you get into star wars yeah so i i I was born in 76, child of the 80s, so it's just kind of naturally there, right? But that's also the thing, is it's just kind of there. So I have early memories of thinking Battlestar Galactica, Buck Rogers, and Star Wars were all the same thing. Right? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, who played Buck Rogers? Gil, Gil uh, was it Gil Gerard? Uh, I think his name is. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought maybe he was Harrison Ford. Like, I didn't know, you know? I thought Aaron Gray <laughs> was Princess Leia. I thought Starbuck flew the Falcon, like. Of four, five, six years old, and then uh, we we moved from uh, where I was raised initially in Orange County, California. We moved a little north, and I 
first, second grade, forming friends. Then, you know, you, then you're a little bit more awake, right? So then my friends are talking about it. And I remember, and I do write about it in the book, but I do remember the first time I saw the Return of the Jedi trailer. Now, I had seen New Hope at the drive-in, obviously no memories of it. I was too young. I was a swaddled baby. Didn't see Empire in the theater. But Return of the Jedi, and that was where, what is this? And it just kind of grabbed me. And, and sometimes I can I talk and write about the images that I saw in that trailer, what pulled me in. But at the end of the day, it just, it found me. And here I am. Yeah, it's one, it is one of those really weird things how people, and that's why I love always hearing people's stories, is that so many different entry points. You know, we've had people tell us that, you know, Clone Wars was their entry point. The EU, the EU books was their entry point. So there's so many different gateways. You know, it's so beyond, I like to say, it's it's beyond the, the original trilogy now, which is great. It's, it's, it's such a big galaxy now that we can enjoy and have many people join it at any kind of point and, and just dive right in. And it's, it's lovely. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I like how you said uh, different characters from different franchises started to blend together, blended together just because you were young. There's this moment when my son, he was maybe four or five. And we were watching Star Wars and he turned and looked at me and he goes, Indiana Jones is Han Solo. <laughs> like, yes. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. It's like he, your son's taking his first steps into a larger world of checking IMDb. Yeah, no, but I know. <laughs> uh, so obviously, Ken, you've been in Star Wars for a very long time. Obviously, you, you podcast about it. You've been in many different shows and in and around the business. Mm. Um, I know Andrea has a really kind of good question about how, you know, how many people deal with kind of different avenues within Star Wars, you know, the good and the bad. So, Andrea, go ahead and ask that uh, wonderful question. Yeah, I was so controversial and Mm -hmm. controversy. How do you navigate through that uh, within your podcast and staying relevant within the Star Wars community? And really kind of where this comes from is I was thinking about your book and I was thinking about the chapter of the Holdo maneuver Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and how impactful that was in the theater. And then to leave and then see people had problems with it, uh, all of a sudden it like gives you a new taste. Like, how, how do you deal with that? Yeah, it, it, it could be trying, especially it depends on how you take in Star Wars. And, and I always try to say what I mean by try to say is I try to remind myself. There's no right or wrong way. I have a pretty specific way of looking at Star Wars now, but even that has changed and, and grown. If you listen to early Force Center episodes, I'm certainly not some angry fist pumping uh, fan, but I was more freely. You know, I, I remember the Rogue One trailer. I just didn't like the way Jin Ursa was delivering some of the lines and I was questioning it. I would never do that now because now I know those words have actions that are unintended for me. You know, I'm more careful and guarded. Uh, and some of the stuff, but also I don't look at it that way anymore. Uh, and, I, and my, how I, I think star Wars grows up with you. The, the, the Disney gallery, uh, Mandalorian show and, uh, grief Karga, Carl Weathers, you know, uh, cause characters and actors are the same for me, apparently. Um, <laughs> Carl Weathers talks about, Hey, star Wars said, said stuff that I needed to hear in my twenties, but I just couldn't, I didn't hear it then. I couldn't hear yeah. it. It found me now. I think that's, 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 that's true in a lot of ways. So in terms of how to navigate it, it, it's changed. It's been shocking. Uh, it's been disappointing and it's been at times frustrating uh, being in this space. But that's the thing. I sometimes not I'm not in this space. Talking Star Wars is part of of many wonderful passions and pursuits I have within the entertainment industry and things that I have that aren't entertainment as well. I have other passion pursuits. Don't we all? Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly got to be known 
uh, for this Jedi Council, Jedi Alliance. And so I get it and I love that. But the it was tough and I still don't know the answer because I'm right now a little bit Luke on Octo. I'm a little bit hidden. I, I've muted words on online. I don't go on Twitter and Instagram as much anymore. Um, I haven't posted on Instagram, not counting stories, but I haven't posted things since like mid-May. I just I pulled back mm-hmm. and that, that way because that's my way of dealing with it. And I don't think that's necessarily right. Um, but part of that comes from not just the last Jedi or the concept. I can understand that people weren't going to like the movies. I mean, force awakens is generally a really beloved movie, but don't forget there's people going, ah, it's the same thing. And mm-hmm. had conversations with friends at the screening that I was at, like, ah, oh, they brought in another death star. And I wasn't happy about that. I, you know, star killer base. I remember looking at the poster and going, Oh, I better not, that better not be another death star. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just kind of, I really, Joseph Scrimshaw over at Four Centers really, you know, that, that idea of engage with the story presented to you. And I started looking at it that way, but I'm rambling to get to your point, Andrea, to get to your question, Andrea. Uh, I just realized I had to, the Holdo maneuver scene sequence specifically, I had to kind of like, like allow for other people's journeys, points of view, perspectives, and maybe where they're at with the scene now is not where they're at now. Just got a just got a message to the Force Center Facebook page. If someone I won't I won't give their name, who was like, guys, you know, I want to thank you because I hated Solo and I hated it and I hated it the first time I watched it. I hated the second time I watched it and I was listening to you guys more and more. Then I watched it again. Wait, something started to change. I watched it again. Boom! Now I love it. And and not that we deserve not that Force Center deserves credit for that, but just I think what we're telling people is just like go on the journey, go on the adventure. So I have to allow for people. If they're not in line with me, and again, not that I'm right or they're wrong or vice versa, but just if they're not me, where I'm at, then I just got to allow that to happen and not act out or not pound my fist and become what I hate, <laughs> you know, um, but also to fight back where I see it. I, I can understand. I write about the Holdo maneuver being a, a lesson of a commander or a leader needing to go down with the ship and you have to make a decision and that decision might be right or wrong, but you've made it. And that's part of it. It's part of the sacrifice and choice she makes. Um, but I'll, so I'll, I'll wiggle room that all day. But if you come at me and you, and you don't like Holdo because she's a, a woman, then I'm going to, that's not what I think is right. So I will f- f- maybe debate you on that. Um, but, but the story said I have to allow for a little bit of, you know, thing. I'll, I'll make fun like people that should have been Akbar. I don't think that should have been Akbar. Uh, at all, because the, the scene would have been, you know, as I've done before and other, but it would have been like, like that, that's, <laughs> you would not have wanted that. And I know you think you wanted it, but uh, the, the sun always rises. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I want Laura Dern making great choices as an actor. So anyways, I don't know if that answers it directly. I still, cause it's, it's case by case, even as this, as we're recording this week, you know, the four centers doing our best Finn moments and we wake up ready to record. Literally Joseph and I are getting on zoom uh, and our Zencaster to record. And the Boyega article uh, from GQ explodes onto the Star Wars space. And so we have to make sure to navigate it carefully. I guess that's the answer. That's the answer. Carefully. <laughs> that's solid advice. Ken. Whole lot of, I always is. say there's a whole lot of gray in the world, you know, mm-hmm. there's never, Never too much of anything that you can can you be in, and like like you yeah. said, and like uh, grief cargo, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. Grief cargo works. I would have known. There are plenty of things that have happened in my life that I heard plenty of times, but they didn't sink in with me until I was ready to hear them. So, absolutely, mm-hmm. it's hard uh, dealing with controversy. I think Lauren does a great job 
at uh, policing our Twitter and doing all of that and making sure that uh, we stand up for the right things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You got to stand up for something or you don't stand for anything. That's how I see it. I mean, mm-hmm. got to have morals and values. Even, I mean, that's even in Star Wars. I mean, look what, you know, the rebellion and resistance, they stood for something, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's it. all. Imagine, imagine that Star Wars has some valuable lessons that we all can learn from. Imagine so that's that. crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy thought, Ken. Crazy thought. Um, Ken, you brought up, and I love that you brought up. You obviously, besides being a Star Wars fan, you are huge fan of baseball and yeah. a huge fan of Game of Thrones, which I love. Talk about what you're kind of doing with those two things, because it's really for me as a, as obviously as a fan of yours, but just as a you know, as a uh, as a you know a, uh, a a lover of baseball, as you know, and a lover of Game of Thrones, what uh, what what type of things are you doing with those two things? Because to me, I'm excited for all that. Yeah, well, in baseball, I'm I'm trying to go around the world and and um, convert sinners like yourself, Lauren, who wrote root for the Detroit Tigers <laughs> to root for my team. <laughs> Um, Which team uh, is that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what I'm trying to do. No, uh, yeah. So I just launched Box Score Heroes, the baseball podcast feed that is not quite, you know, armed and operational. I, I needed a weird year mm-hmm. to launch a baseball podcast. Number one, <laughs> right, but, right, right. Uh, two, working out the workflow issues. I have a lot of ideas planned for the the feed that that aren't yet in place. Um, it's just me going. I think I think I got to be known as a Star Wars guy, which uh, which I love. Uh, that that helped mm-hmm. me be able to write the book and all that stuff. Uh, so definitely not bemoaning that. But like I was a I was a uh, and I am, but like was a huge baseball guy. And about five six years ago, as my career started to focus, need to focus on Star Wars, which I'm thankful for. Baseball kind of got moved to the back. And I mean, there's there was there was a time, I can tell you the 1990 Yankee starting lineup. I couldn't tell you who was pitching for him at all in 2018. You know, I, I didn't see a game. And so I was trying to reconnect with it a little bit. And so that's what I'm trying to do with the podcast feed is dig into what it means and how, it, and, and just the fun of it, but also the lessons and things that are there that, cause that's just kind of where I've gone Four center mm-hmm. with Joseph Scrimshaw kind of driving that boat a little bit in that direction. I'm kind of the, let's have a beer and just talk about, cool biker scouts fan at heart, like going from, <laughs> and I've had to like, really, it's been fun to like consistently challenge myself to dig deeper into why I love star Wars. And, and Joseph is just this master of discovering themes. So I'm trying to take that to baseball and to, into game of Thrones world of ice and fire, whatever you want to say, the whole thing. I'm, I'm a book reader as well as the show. Uh, so the casually talk podcast and what I'm trying to do now is um, more for myself is watch, go back and watch game of Thrones with that, that, that third eye as if I was the third, three-eyed raven. To see it a little <laughs> differently, because Game of Thrones particularly is fun to watch about the hows and the whats. And mm-hmm. how that's going to happen, how that, how's that going to shake up, and what's going to happen with that character and predictions and guesses. And that's so much of the fun. And I, I did that on a lot of reaction shows. You know, mm-hmm. The Night is Dark and uh, Watching Thrones, Talking Thrones, Thrones Talk, Throne, whatever, you know, get over there. <laughs> And that, that's episode reactions and reviews. I don't like reviews as much when you're discussing stuff. I'm not a critic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a consumer of this stuff. And I want to see why is it so important to me? Why do I love it? And I'm always going to try to find what I love in it and find what I react to. And so now I'm really going to focus and dig down on Game of Thrones. Because um, it is, I, you know, I could talk, we, I, I love season eight. Some people hate it. Um, uh, season seven has some moments I totally don't uh, like. But doesn't matter about that. What is the mm-hmm. story? What is there and what can I learn from the characters? Because 
clearly it's something about that connects to my life. And that's what I love doing with those kind of things. Yeah, but, I mean, well said, because it's the same thing with Star Wars fans. They find something that they connect with within, you know, within the galaxy, within the movies or animated shows. So, right. yeah, I'm yeah, I'm super excited for your rewatch with, uh, I think it's Rachel Cushing is going to be joining you on that. So that is going to be some good stuff. <laughs> I'm yeah, very excited I'm gonna, for that. I've got to tell you, I don't know, like... I'm almost scared. I'm like, what can, what if I what if I watch an episode and I don't pick out a theme? <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll be all right, buddy. <laughs> and I, I think another cool thing is you kind of talked about obviously your passion did lead you to write a wonderful book of why we love Star Wars, the great moments that built a galaxy far, far away. Mm. Now did young Ken see himself as an author, or was this something that older Ken <laughs> Kind of uh, grew into. Uh, for thank, thank you for any any kind words on that uh, silly collection of uh, letters that I put together. Um, <laughs> from the thanks to the fine folks at Mango Publishing. Uh, no, this is no exactly. Young Ken was like, I cannot wait till I have fifty books published. It was older Ken that was like, <laughs> Oh, but you don't have the skills to do that. Uh, you don't have that, and the doubt set in, and so that's kind of part of the story of 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 getting to write the book. It came out of a great failure, me losing a job and having quote, nothing else to do, but also me analyzing like, what am I doing? What is the legacy I want to put out there? Not in terms of glory, like my legacy, but like I'm tired with <laughs> Lannister talking about his dynasty. I, I Like, I, what did I move to LA for 22 years ago? What did I, what did I just <laughs> talk about other people's stuff, write about it, in, which I love doing because clearly the book's about Star Wars, mm-hmm. but, like, but it's like, it's a book and it's something and it's on a shelf uh, at stores. And it's like, that's exciting, cool stuff. But to get to that point was a trem- I had overcome a tremendous amount, tremendous amount of canyon size of self-doubt. And mm-hmm. so that, that's, that's why, that's the big why. Yeah, it, it, honestly, it is. It's such a great book and just so many great moments that you, you brought out to the forefront. I mean, now it's so funny to look back to. I mean, there's, you know, what we know now, Mandalorian and Rebels, there's probably so many other moments that you would probably add, you know, to mm-hmm. the book. Is there one that you thought about and was just like, ah, I just you couldn't find the room for and one that you kind of wish you got, got in. Oh, in the published, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Of what already came. Um, there might be, look, here's, I, I've been honest. I, I was fortunate enough to like the list kind of came together and I've made mm-hmm. position changes more than, um, content changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean there's, looking back going, Oh yeah, that is one, one particular, I'll tell you the one particular moment is um, I did put a moment from Leia princess of Alderaan, uh, Claudia Mm. Gray's book. And I, and it's the, the Panaka moment. And I, and I love Mm. that. Mm. I just plum forgot because I didn't have time to reread every book. I just had to go with my memory. (laughs) Then I'd go in. That's right. I remember that. Let me go focus in on that. I was doing a star Wars ranked later with a food author, uh, Dan Whalen, a really nice guy. We're doing a star Mm. Wars food meals in star Wars. And I remember thinking, ah, yeah, this is great, but I don't know a lot of meals. And then I remembered, Oh, Tarkin has that great dinner in Leia princes of Alderaan where he Mm. showed up because he senses something's going on there. Bale and Breha's house. Mm -hmm. I was like, I cannot believe I didn't put that in there. I forgot because it's, it's just, it's Hans Landa showing up at the beginning of Inglorious Masters, and it's all this tension, <laughs> not tension that shouldn't be tension filled at dinner. Right. And it's it's about the rebellion and it's about the empire trying to snuff it out. And, and, and so, yeah, that specific moment I forgot. Mm-hmm. All the way, I could choose. I had to like, I love Hans. So, what moments do I want to choose to highlight and why? And some of them were big. The shrug in Return of the Jedi. I, I wrote about that because I just always love that. 
And it's a small <laughs> moment, but it's just him going, yeah, we're toppling your empire. Sorry. <laughs> I love it. So there's that, and then there's bigger moments. And obviously, after Rise of Skywalker, I definitely would include um, his uh, memory coming back and, and, and communicating mm-hmm. with Kylo. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So many. I mean, yeah. I mean, Star Wars, that's one thing Star Wars will never not give us great moments to <laughs> chew on and ponder and all that stuff. Yeah. Now, what was really cool, too, about the book is if you if people if you don't have the book, I don't know why you don't have the book, but you should go get it. And you can also get it as an audio. And yourself, Mr. Ken Nessup, did the audio book, mm. which was very, very cool. Now, is that something that you, that authors get to do? Was that something that you had to like audition for? I did. I had to audition for it. Yeah. I don't think generally it happens uh, on a bigger level. I don't know. Usually, you know, Star Wars book, well, Mark Thompson gets brought in, right? And he's great. (laughs) Right. Um, Right. I think Daniel Jose Older did last shot. I think, I think. I I, feel like he did. Yeah. I think that sounds right. Next time comes in and does this. It's her, not EK Johnston. So yeah. Um, I had to audition. uh, So uh, for the company, Mango Publishing, uh, I had a couple friends who've written books for him, uh, Jason Inman in his book, Super Soldiers, uh, Chris Stuckman a few years ago. I don't remember. I don't know if Stuckman did his book. Jason, who is a, a performer, a producer, podcaster, they didn't, they didn't, nope, you can't do your book. Uh, the wow. company that, that Mango put, puts it out. And I don't know, maybe I'm spilling some tea. Jason does one out there, but he wrote a great book. And <laughs> it, would have been, it would have been great because he's got a great voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alicia um, uh, had to kind of fight for it. And Alicia Malone, her great Australian accent, like it's, it's, it's like, it's her, it's her personality. It's there. So I knew I would have, I wanted to, and I did put it out there and then they submitted it to the company and I did, I had to audition and I got it. Yay. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool to hear you actually talk your book. Like that was, that was a really cool moment for me. So I thought that was really well, awesome. It, so. what was, well, one of the reasons I wanted to is as I say this and I don't necessarily say this, uh, you know, I can tend to be, self-loathing it's the it's the <laughs> stand-up comic in me but like <laughs> i'm not the best writer i could be yet but even then doesn't matter my whole life i write more speeches than i do text and mm-hmm. i feel a lot of the essays in and why we love star wars if, if you're not immediately tuned into the way i'm writing it or you can't hear it it might not hit as well and i have weird uses of grammar sentence structure like i told you and so when i went into the studio to record the book the first day the audio engineer after I got started, it comes out, or I come out to take a little break. And he's like, I got to admit, man, because I've been looking at you. Uh, I'm a Star Wars fan. I was poking through your book. This sounds better than it's written. And he meant it as a compliment, but I was just like, right. that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Man. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. But I was, that's why I wanted to do it. Because I just, it, these were all speeches that delivered by me, you know? So, <laughs> right. It just felt natural. <laughs> All right. All right. So we're going to have uh, our main topic for today. I think we're going to have some fun um, is kind of what obviously all three of us, I think we can say safely is that we are all huge Star Wars fans, but we look at it in a different way I think than others. You know, we like to see the themes and the, uh, as George Lucas said, it all rhymes and poetry and all that. So the question I'm going to ask everybody and Andrea, I'm going to start with you first is, what was the moment or conversation that made you see Star Wars beyond like the pew, pew, pew or in the laser swords? Like, what mm. do you remember? Do you remember that moment that made you kind of see Star Wars in a totally different way? Uh, honestly, I think it's uh, a lot later in life. It was uh, during the sequels and during The Last Jedi. But 
what I learned in The Last Jedi made me revisit Star Wars as a whole and then find new lessons within it as well. Uh, but it's the conversation between Yoda and Luke uh, on Act Two and him finally telling him that, you know, failure is the key to to learning and that um, you must be comfortable and able to. And of course, I'm not saying exactly what Yoda's saying, but <laughs> no, you're pitch I'm perfect. close. <laughs> um, but that's the one thing uh, it really struck me. Because I was learning that at the exact same time, I kept thinking that I didn't know how to life, you know, or I didn't, Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing this right. And someone told me that when you go through your struggles and when you're going through your hard times, that's when you're learning the most. And they Mm -hmm. joke around and they call it a growth spurt. And I hate that. I hate that Mm -hmm. saying. They say, (laughs) oh, you're going to come out of it, you know, a champion. I'm like, God, it sounds terrible because I'm dying right now. (laughs) But um. When I heard Yoda say that to Luke, it was like a breath of fresh air because for so long in the prequels, the Jedi had such arrogance and it was hard to connect with them or to believe they were what I once believed they were. They kind of put a bad taste in my mouth after the prequels. Um, so, man, you know, the the last Jedi, it did a lot for me. And also, even when uh, Kylo was yelling at Rey and telling her she needed to let go, that spoke to me huge as well, too. Um, and, you know, even I mean, I know I'm just like shoom, throwing off all these points and I hope I'm taking all of yours. because <laughs> I'm just, But Rebels, too, man, Rebels uh, really got me going with just the family aspect and what was important and. That family dynamic just really just touched my heart and it was beautiful to watch. And then I started seeing it more, you know, with Han, Luke and, and Leia, you know, and Poe, Ray and Finn and Padme and Anakin and Obi-Wan. You know, it was something in Rebels that just made me really draw into that family theme that's been in Star Wars for so long, but I never really saw as well as than I have recently. So... Mm. Those are all really good ones. <laughs> really, really good moments. Yeah. Ken, what about you, Ken? Same question. I mean, what what was the what Andrew, was that moment? Yeah, Andrew took my answers. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> okay, no, 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 no. Similar, so similar. Uh, even though Star Wars has been in my life from the beginning, and and definitely moved by it, I definitely I I would be a young 11, 12 year old going, well, the, the Ewoks are and you know, how uh, organics could beat mechanics. Like I, I got the, <laughs> I got the big stuff, but I I too was part of a, a, a you know an older or mid level generation that missed a lot of the prequels and and have come around on it. Not that they're all perfect, but no no Star Wars film is as we always say. But I'll tell you what it was. It was. Uh, Force Awakens uh, coming out of it. Uh, I give all the credit. This is why Joseph and I work so well together. Uh, um, uh, and, and Jennifer, t- too. I always want to include Jennifer, even though she's, she's uh, um, raising her second, uh, her daughter right now and, and, and away from the show on a regular basis. Um, so I was, had been on Jedi Alliance with Maud Garrett and we had a lot of fun. And that was designed to be a silly, hey, what do you like, a TIE fighter or an X-Wing? Let's talk about it. Like it was that, that's that's what we went to. And that's and and going back to Andrew, your other question about when stuff arises as a controversy, I'm still sometimes like, well, wait a minute, isn't this this fun space movie that we love talking about and making fun of at times because we love it so much and just joking around <laughs> and doesn't mean that I don't, I'm not talking about the themes not being there, but like, uh, right? And like suddenly it got really serious. 
and uh, people got upset and I'm like, what? But then again, I did remember the prequels, right? <laughs> but we can, I can even talk about how that helped me understand uh, the prequels better. But anyways, I left that show, went to go start a job at Screen Junkies. Joseph Scrimshaw took over uh, with Mark Donica um, on Jedi, Jedi Alliance. So I'd seen Force Awakens uh, that week and I think I was driving home from work and I called into Jedi Alliance. I just, from, from somewhere, I was in my car driving. And I love Force Awakens and I was there for it from the beginning. But I'm a Han Solo guy. Han Solo dies in this movie. And I just remember thinking, well, I, was, I wasn't moved by that. I saw it coming. It's so obvious. And then I thought to myself, I was like, what was the point of that? Han died. And what's the point to the story of Han? I, all my life, I, I, I'm a Han fan and he dies and that's it. Uh, and so I was saying that on air. Joseph in his Joseph way, just kind of, okay, yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. That could be pretty frustrating, but you know, here's what I think. And he did some stuff where he just, you know, connected the moments that we're not talking deep stuff. He wasn't digging for gold deep in a, ca a cave. He was on the surface going, Hey, on Takadana, Han sees Kylo take Ray, doesn't go after her. Finn says it. And Han's like, eh, eh. He tells Leia, I failed. I saw our son and I didn't go after him. And that's been his life. That's 40 years uh, of, of liking this character. That's his life. That's what Han does. And he can't defeat that demon. And so Leia says, if you see our son, bring him home. That's, that's kind of like the last words she says to Han Solo. And so he has a chance to walk away like he always does. Mission completed. Twice he goes back. They set the charges and then he, they walk out. He goes, our friends are going to die. See these X-Wings. Let's go back. Boom. Han goes back. Two, they set the char they, or they set the charges. Excuse me. That, that sets him, gives him the idea, idea to set the charges. Boom. Uh, let's go back. He's mission completed. He sees Kylo. Leia's last words are in his head. And Han, once again, and for the final time, chooses to go to where he needs to be because he's a good guy at heart. And his death, and in his final moment, he puts his hand on his son who's just killed him in that moment of compassion. In 2015, Joseph says, I think that hand on his cheek is a moment of compassion that, that is really important to the Star Wars story. And I'm driving in my car going, I missed it. I missed it. All I saw was a cool fight scene on Takadana. All I saw was Han turned back. There's no rails. That's all I saw. And I said to myself, I never want to watch Star Wars on the surface like that again. Um, and now Rise of Skywalker, the, the cheek comes back. So I think that movie, that movie communicates, speaks with all other nine and even Rogue One and Solo. Just com it, it, it communicates with the movies. Uh, so well. And so that was where it changed. Like Andre late, later in my star Wars life, it's like, I never, I never want to miss like something like that. Cause not because I, I feel I've missed something. And I don't have knowledge, like trivia knowledge. Just was like that moved me hearing him describe it. And I missed it. I don't want that to happen in my star Wars again. So that changed me greatly. Wow. That's, that's a good moment, pal. <laughs> that's really good. Wow. And I never even too, thought about yeah. there not being any rails on the walkway. You never really, you never no. thought about that? No. Oh my God. Yeah. That was one of the first things that yeah. people always brought to my attention. Like they didn't have rails on that. I'm like, yeah. Well, cause yeah, so? start with like, the empire, you know, very rarely they have rails, you know, Palpatine <laughs> and had rails in his command and his throne room and that didn't help. Right. But yeah, but that's part of the point. Cause it's a fun joke, right? It's a yeah. great joke <laughs> right. bit. Oh, they don't have rails and everything. You can joke about it all day long, but then when <laughs> people 
stop at that, you know? Mm-hmm. Right, 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 I had right, a right. moment of that, like, and he didn't have, like, we didn't see that coming. Like, yeah. <laughs> Hands <laughs> thrown up. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, for for me, you know, when Force Awakens came out, that was a game changer for me. Because um, at that point, like, Star Wars, it was, you know, I was, I watched the movies every now and then, but I had no idea that the Clone Wars happened. No idea there's EU books. So I was basically just at that point, like a movie, like just movies. So when The Force Awakens came out, I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to really like jump into this, right? Really dive into it. So, you know, reading all articles up to the movie and got really pumped and excited, saw the movie. And, you know, that moment when Ray catches the lightsaber and that music hits, man, I was just like, wow, like it, like energized me and it changed like everything for me because I saw myself in her in that moment like mm-hmm. you know tough woman ready to fight for what you know and give it all she has nice. so that was one moment that you know I I started seeing Star Wars totally differently so after that I just started going like I said deep dive into it and you know getting excited for Rogue One and then Last Jedi and getting like reading all the stuff and trying to keep up with things you know, and then 2017 hit Celebration Orlando came and I was like, oh, I, I had no idea there was even like a Star Wars convention at that time. So I was like watching that on YouTube, not at work. I promise I was not watching it at work. Deception. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, watching it, getting excited and seeing all these people, you know, they're interviewing and everybody's dressed up, man. It was just like, Wow. I, you know, I, I wish I could, you know, I, I was so excited to see all this stuff. And then I was, you know, watching it on YouTube on the Star Wars channel. And then, you know, that, you know, YouTube gives you a, Hey, you might like this. And something came up on my feed. It was a Collider, uh, Collider Jedi Council live at Celebration. And I remember watching that and watching Ken Yu mm. and everybody else on that panel, you guys were just talking Star Wars and it was just like talking to me like right back. I was like, Oh my God. Like mm-hmm. then I was even like, oh, okay, I, I, I have to like dive deeper into the whole Star Wars. And I started watching Jedi council. I joined the Facebook group and I became an admin. So it was like a downward spiral after that. I'm and I just sorry. started. <laughs> yeah. It's all your fault. Ken. It's all your fault. So, you know, it just, and I just, you know, started listening to, you know, like you and everybody else on that show just talk and just hear your guys' different viewpoints and opinions. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't, it, I missed so much. Like I didn't, you know, like in these movies, like even in the original trilogy, you guys were talking about different themes. I was like, wow. I'm like, all right, dude, I really have to like start, <laughs> start deep diving, started good into the canon books and all that. So yeah, I, I mean, Force Awakens for me was that kind of movie in that moment where it just consumed like my entire being and like oh, my Star Wars like love just like exploded and I'm forever grateful for that and obviously because of watching everything you know I I joined all these Facebook groups and now I'm podcasting and it's super bizarre to me because I'm such an introvert so it's just been a really fun ride you know into Star Wars and into this kind of podcasting community too so yeah that's that's my Star Warsy moment for everybody. That's great. <laughs> and and speaks to the power of uh the story continuing and the value of the sequel trilogies or the the cartoons uh or the animated programs if you'd like to say it official, uh, like an adult. Um <laughs> 
Comics Books EU, which I don't have sometimes the best relationship with EU, but even yeah. I have to stop myself and realize like that was Star Wars for a lot of people that kept Ooh. the name going. And as Ahsoka yeah, says, yeah. there's always a little bit of truth in legends. So yeah, I, 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 that's why I appreciate all things Star Wars. Yeah. I, I mean, it, there's so much to appreciate too, and so many things to just gravitate to. And, you know, obviously like, you know, Andrea, you know, when me and Andrea started this podcast, like she, you know, it, I started telling her about, you know, Rebels and Clone Wars because she was aware of Clone Wars, but you didn't watch it though, Andrea, right? Like it took you. Yeah. Like, I didn't start watching all that Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot there with Clone Wars. This can be overwhelming, especially when it's out of order, you know, and you have to. It really you know, is. Yeah, it's, it could be a lot. It could be a lot. <laughs> uh, but here's a, a fun question I kind of want to throw again to everybody. So obviously we love to, you know, we all of us love to look at Star Wars in a, in the themes and what, you know, kind of get to the, the, the nuts and bolts of it, the deep, you know, the deep roots. Is there times where as fans, can we look at it? too far and be like, all right, are we really kind of stretching it? I'll give an example. So on, on Twitter there, I saw something come up where somebody was saying the moment in last Jedi where Kelly, Kelly Marie trans character, uh, Rose Tico, um, tells the, uh, DJ to just do it when she gave him her necklace and the chair flips around. So everybody, all of a sudden it was like, Oh, that's such a, call back to Palpatine and the whole like do it thing. I'm like, are we stretching a little bit people? Like, are we trying to connect too much? Can do we, can we do that? Is that something that us fans maybe look too deep? (laughs) It's very possible. And as someone who was on a a YouTube show, you mentioned who often got accused of uh, uh, finding things that aren't actually there. I would push back (laughs) against the idea and say that it is there. The emotional cannons are there, but also, there's a couple of things. First of all, it's Ryan Johnson. So I, I remember the first time when I, I, when that, when that spaceship turns out to be an iron, I went, my friend's doing my, my friend. Cause I know Ryan now. Um, I said, my guy here is doing a hardware's ward, hardware <laughs> ward reference. And, and he right. confirmed it. He's like, yeah, yeah, that, that totally was. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's speaking of my star Wars youth language. So he, but even he admitted, cause there's the thing of, um, the shot of Luke holding the lightsaber. Do I kill Kylo is, is a, is a, is poetry with Jedi and standing over Vader. Mm-hmm. He said, yes. And, but in that response, I remember I've seen online, he said, there's some things that are there that people say they're there that I did not put there. It's intentional. That one was particular. So the do it one, definitely. I think I would lean with him that it would have been like, Hey, you know, it'd be fun. Say, do it. And we'll, we'll <laughs> push you in a spin you around in a Vader chair. <laughs> it can be, but often what happens, and I don't know if, you know, that's a little reference moment, but a lot of times with the themes, the stories kind of take over themselves. And if you're putting the connections there, that's why it's important to dig a little deeper. Um, the Thalassire and Green Milk scene is one of my favorite sequences. There's a lot there that I take from that scene that I don't necessarily think was written into the scene. But I think it speaks, it communicates with the rest of the story. And it is to me, Luke going, you think I'm a hero? You think I'm this? No, I, I am not leaving this. I'm not leaving my routine. And this is what I am. And look at this milk. It's on my face and I'm messy. And that's what you get. Also, it's a representative of, of Luke being stuck on a place far from the story doing mundane chores. Uh, you know, you're going to check the regulators in the South Ridge, get those droids cleaned up at Anchorhead. <laughs> it's going back to that. And it also represents right. to me 
Daisy Ridley looking at this world that she's never seen. Look at this beautiful creature. And then it blows air in her face. And she's kind of like, the, the, the expectations of my journey are, are, are not, it's not going the way I planned. And it, so all that, mm-hmm. that scene, am I wrong? Uh, I don't think so. But was it there intentionally? Not necessarily, but when you're in tune, when the song is mm-hmm. coming along, I think it's there. Yeah. Even yeah. I would agree. Yeah. 100%. Andrea, what do you think? Do you think sometimes we as fans, we dive in too deep or look for things that aren't there or we think that's there, but it's not? I can completely appreciate anyone that dives in too deep. Uh, mm-hmm. And my example is I didn't catch it in Rise of Skywalker when Ben Solo came in and, and did the slide. I did notice a backwards shot as a mm-hmm. Han callback. Um, but the bowing and the slide and all of that, um, that didn't hook me until, you know, later I get on Twitter and people start matching that stuff up and I'm like, wow, that is just amazing. I mean, those are the types of things I think when I first see Star Wars, I'm like having an out of body experience and I'm not even like fully there. I don't even see things. So can I can appreciate uh, those people that have that eye for those, those little tiny Easter eggs. Sometimes they are. And, um, yeah, I think we can get a little too serious about it sometimes. So whenever I feel like um, we're getting there, I always, you know, I have a rule. Never take yourself too seriously. You know, remember that you're just you're watching a movie. You're watching something for enjoyment. Um, sometimes it's just a battle between uh, good and evil. And sometimes it's a life lesson. I guess it just depends on on what day of the week it is for me. So yeah. I really can't appreciate anybody that, uh, you know, it happened a lot at the end of Clone Wars with all the the adding up of the what was help, happening with Palpatine and Anakin. And then while Ahsoka mm-hmm. and Darth Maul were having that conversation in that throne room, you know, when you see just people's brains just like explode on Twitter about this had to have been with this and this was this. And you're like, yeah, you know, I always say maybe that's that's like my fam- famous thing to say is maybe. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. But um, I, man, dive deep, do it up. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I think you also need to, and I have to remind myself often in these last few years, basically even going back to your original question, Andrea, of like, I'm doing Jedi Alliance with Maud Garrett. We're making quotes and silly noises and, and talking about what's your favorite Ewok headdress and that, 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 just having fun. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean I didn't already, already have deep stuff in my heart about Star Wars, but just like, Things got serious, right? Things yeah. and it became a war and it's this weird contest of who's right, who's wrong. Uh, what list, what ranking is right? And is it an insider information that is cool? I love insider information. I also think it doesn't matter. When the Detroit Tigers mm-hmm. won the Super, uh, World Series in 1984, Lauren, how much do you care that, uh, you know, Kirk Gibson <laughs> and Alan Trammell maybe didn't get along? You don't care. They won the World Series. So I remember that. It's fun. <laughs> but like, you know, uh, well, you should. It's one of your only wins. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> But I have to remind myself to also have fun with it. And that's why I talk about, like I mentioned, Hardware Wars. That's a parody. That's making fun of it, but also out of love. And uh, Muppet Babies was the first time when I was like a kid, like, oh, they're doing a Star Wars episode. I love it. And it's just kind of celebrating the love. Uh, My friend Joel and I, lifelong friend, we met in high school. He lives down here in L.A. too as well. But we met in high school in my hometown. We became fast friends even faster because he made a Hardware Wars reference. And I was like, are you talking about... Augie Bendagi and him. And he's like, oh yeah. 
So I sometimes forget as, as deep as I love to go. Pew, 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 laser swords. That line was really awkward. What is she proposing? That is funny and not intentionally. Um, it's okay to also enjoy Star Wars on that level and also have a little fun. Yeah, no, 100% agree. You know, sometimes I think like we're all saying we take it sometimes we do take it seriously to where it's like, like you're saying, Ken, it's like, oh, you have to be on this side or that side. Like you either you either liked Tross or Last Jedi or you hated Tross and Last Jedi or blah, 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 blah. It's just like, you guys, you know, can't you just, you know, look at it from a certain point of view that, you know, we we all love it. Like, it doesn't matter how you love it. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what speaks to you. Like Star Wars is Star Wars for everybody. So, you know, it's just, it, uh, man, I, I do. I do wish sometimes the fandom would just kind of take a step back it's, collectively. Yeah. So <laughs> you know? I, I don't know if this is where you want to go in the conversation, but it's like, it's like, and I love social media. I think social media has changed the world. At the end of the day, I'll say for the better. It's also changed it for the bad, but I think uh, I'll choose to go to the light, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm a little frustrated with it right now. And part of that is, Andrew, you're talking about it. Like, hey, I watched this movie the first time and I missed some stuff. And you're talking about little things, even like Kylo doing the hand point like Han. Like, I, There's other things that are deeper and are in the movies that people miss and choose not to connect with. And then they feel as though, well, I saw it once. I got Twitter in my hand. I better get my uh, uh, t- opinion out and then I better go record my first reactions podcast and I better make my opinion really strong and not speak with, uh, you know, I must speak from the point of authority and then get my clicks and da, 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 and that is mm-hmm. that. And I'm not just being old man, Gran Torino on a porch, like, cause I love this medium. It's given me uh, this, uh, this chapter of my career, but I, after last Jedi, but after rise of Skywalker, a movie I love and I know not everyone loves it. Not here for that discussion. Another show. But after that, so many of my colleagues, I saw them in the theater walking out before the lights were even up, getting on, not even thinking about the movie, not even thinking about what I might have or what this person reacted to. And just, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got to get it out. And it's like, take a moment, let it sit, let it sit in with you. And some of it, I get some of it is, is job related. Like the, the first reaction tweets, are expected. They're not at, but not from Disney, but just like, that's the business. Right. You work for Hollywood reporter and you go to a press screening, you have to come out and say, wow, Daniel Craig really shined as James Bond. What action? That's the job. Yeah. Um, I fortunately have never been a critic and a reviewer and I never had to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But some people have to, but so I'm not saying that I'm saying the ones who are just like, I am ready to crap on this movie. <laughs> and then you'll be like, Oh, did you think about this one thing? Oh, I don't remember that scene. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. It, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing how, like you're saying, social media has, is good and bad. I mean, just like with anything, but you choose to see the light. I mean, without social media, I mean, me and Andrea wouldn't be doing this podcast. We wouldn't right. be talking to you. We wouldn't be talking to many other people that we have met because of this podcast and because of we're on social media and we talk Star Wars and everything like that. So it is kind of a, a balance, as they say, balance. Yeah. <laughs> there needs to be balance yeah. in the force. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, last thoughts, anybody about, um, you know, moments that stuck with us or anything that uh, we want to talk about before we get into Ask the Gales? Uh, no, no, I just love, I love it. I mean, I, I, as I'll say this in terms of like understanding stories on a deeper level. Uh, again, child of the 80s. Uh, so 83, Return of the Jedi comes out. I loved it. Changed my life. Also around that time. 
you know, Rocky four, he's punching Russians. Now I'm Russian, but I still was like rooting for Rocky. Um, and <laughs> the best uh, Rocky, Ram- Rocky Rambo's, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, Rambo's shooting his guns and, and, uh, Star Trek saving the whales, which is still, I love that movie. Um, I still think it was just lost on a lot of the generation um, that mm. Lucas told the story of the hero goes out to be a warrior and he only succeeds in doing that by throwing down his weapon and winning the day with compassion. Yeah. I think a lot of us miss that. And oh, yeah. especially in that era, it's like, bah, 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 and I'll throw away my weapon and now I'm a Jedi. So that's, that's, that was the first lesson of, Oh yeah. I mean, I was seven, but I should have dug a little deeper. <laughs> That's fair. So one of my favorite moments, real quick, before we get into the questions, in the Mandalorian documentary, when Dave Filoni goes from Phantom Menace to Return of the Jedi in about an eight minute rant. Yeah. My mind was just absolutely blown. My jaw was on the floor. I'm like, man, that is, I wish I could do that. (laughs) Like, I I wish I could be like, see him, see it that way. I think you can, Lauren. I think you can. But it goes to, what, Andrea's excellent point uh, about sometimes you're out in the world and someone's like, uh, yeah, I kind of like Star Wars. And you're like, well, let me tell you about the lawless. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Uh, Filoni's like that. He is us. <laughs> you know, I know I know some folks who worked uh, at Nickelodeon on that floor, on the last am- airbender SpongeBob floor. Uh, I know some real close to some people. And that, he, that, that was Dave then. And that's that's he got the dream job of a lifetime and he plays it. But I, but I mean, like I, one of my favorites that you've heard me talk about it on, on Force Center, uh, Lauren and Andrew, I'm sure just like the, to me, the best scene in Mandalorian is, is a quill describing how he reprogrammed IG-11 because that is the point of the whole series. Us going against our programming, what is imprinted on us and how we can overcome it and how the people around you must trust that you have made these changes and they are true and your actions will speak more louder than your words. And it's like. And I remember having a friend of mine on Twitter and then we DM'd. He was just like, I love the show. Why did we have to see IG-11's like physical rehab? And I was just like, my friend, let me tell you. (laughs) But also sometimes, Andrew, to your point, sometimes you have to be like, maybe now's not the time. (laughs) A tale for another day. A tale for another day. Okay, so we've got some really, we got a couple good questions from uh, our friends on Twitter. So ask the gals. And the first question comes. We get friends on Twitter. Social media is great, Lauren. All right, there you go. See, yeah, we we make friends. We do make friends here. Um, so our good friend Alberto from the Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast, he asked this. He says, hi, Lauren, Andrea, and Ken. Something that came up on my show recently. Would you like to see the year that Qui-Gon and Kenobi spent protecting Satine fleshed out? And if so, in what medium? Andrea, I'll start with you first. Live action. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) I mean, why not? Uh, No, I I could go for a book. I could go for a novel Mm -hmm. of that. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Maybe kind of piggybacking off of, no, it would be before Master and Apprentice, wouldn't it? I don't know. Right. Uh, but I would love to see Obi-Wan fall in love, you know? I think that mm-hmm. that would be quite fascinating to experience. Because uh, I can't honestly, like, imagine it. I was kind of shocked when I first witnessed that he would have, when he told her that he would have left the Jedi Order for her, that was kind of like, I didn't even know that he had that in him. So to, <laughs> right. to witness that. And then I know uh, I heard Qui-Gon was a little uh, loose with the ladies. 
Is it, can I say it that way? I don't even know. <laughs> that makes sense. It would have been kind of fun to to catch some of that. So I'm going to go for a book. And yeah, I absolutely would love to um, know that story. Yeah. What about you, Ken? Well, I've always talked about the heat between Shmi and Qui-Gon that you felt it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> when he uh, says good morning to her, that, oh, telling you. We've all been there, right? We've all said <laughs> good morning. Um, Can I make you some eggs? Yes. Yes. So, um, yeah, yeah. No, I absolutely want to see it. Um, exactly. Uh, Andrew, you're saying it perfectly because that's what it is about Obi-Wan, the poster child for Jedi. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say the poster child for Jedi perfection, not saying that he's perfect, but that just he's kind of like, look, he does all the right things and da, da, da. For him to have that and have that kind of conviction in that moment, but choosing, well, not choosing because she didn't ask, but what would he have done? But also what he does later on, the, the, the Clone Wars arcs uh, with him and Satine are just really delicious t- tip of the iceberg storytelling. Um, and I want more of that. I will say this, and, and I'm, I'm not plugged into the inside scoop game anymore. Uh, I, I, I've just, um, again, like Luke on the island, and I'm just enjoying <laughs> Star Wars as it comes. But there was uh, an author, a uh, Star Wars published author, uh, who did uh, confide circulate? Will not I uh, will not uh, divulge their name, but they were like, <laughs> "Oh, I have I have pitched that story as a novel to 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 Lucasfilm and Del Rey, and um, got told no." Um, mm. But that what that means to me is not yet. Mm. So that's I'd good. Love to see that in any form, live action would be uh, let's face it, live action would be hot. We'd feel the heat there, right? Um, <laughs> but a, a good novel, yeah. No, I kind of, yeah, I kind of agree with everybody. I think a good novel would be good. It, it'd be interesting, a comic. I'll say a comic book, too. Because um, they, are, they are doing some really good things in comic books in Star Wars, I think, especially the latest um, Star Wars runs in the Vader comic. Man, they, uh, man, they just nail it all the time. So. so behind on those. You're ahead of me. I got to get this. The lockdown has taken away my comic shop trip, so. Uh, yeah, you got to, yeah, definitely get, yeah, catch up when you can, buddy, because mm-hmm. there are some really good comics out there. Um, but yeah, I think a novel would be probably the best medium for me for this story to be fleshed out and just like probably best best way to tell that story for sure, I think. So yeah, I'll go with I'll go with a novel as well. Okay. All right. Our last question comes from the Star Wars in a Galaxy podcast. And they say, Hey Lauren, Andrea, and Ken. George Lucas, behind the scenes of episode one, once said, It's like poetry, you know, they rhyme. And so I would like to know what your favorite mirror parallel callback in star wars anything that anything doesn't have to be movies is ask the gals so ken i'll start with you sir so what is a favorite mirror parallel or callback in star wars what's one of your favorites god even when you kind of uh think you know you don't you don't know right? there's there's right? um <laughs> Clearly so much there. And again, a lot of it, because there's that great YouTube video that I think went around recently of the the poetry of Star Wars and it's like shot for shot. And you're like, oh, wow. And I could believe that George would put every one of those in there intentionally, but some of them might not be. Um, I'll do a callback. I'll tell you what, this pops to mind. I really do love Force Awakens. Talk about Kylo Ren. I do love Force Awakens. Him yelling traitor in the vein and spirit of Anakin, uh, which is Mm. also in, in the spirit of... Luke being a little uh, whiny and passionate as well at times. Um, <laughs> Skywalker men have that trait where uh, Leia has better traits uh, from her mother. So I'll say there's that. We just really did a deep dive on uh, the 
the the palpita- uh, palpitations, Palpatine's <laughs> box of manipulations. There you go. Combine all that words into palpitations. Uh, palpitations, the story of Sheev. Um, <laughs> but him at the, uh, you know, uh, Squid Lake with Anakin and just the real simple, subtle, but very present uh, Star Wars poetry of, of Emperor Palpatine, uh, uh, Sheev, Chancellor, in a chair talking to uh, of, a mixed, confused Vader, Anakin at his side with two Emperor's Royal Guards, or then, you know, just Royal Guards, whatever you want to call them. Just that kind of stuff that pops up, uh, f- foreshadowing of what's to come, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, that's the kind of poetry uh, I love. And there's, again, there's other ones that are real simple. Some, sometimes it can be uh, the malevolence clone wars arc has some real direct shout outs mm, and again, yeah. trench runs and everything. And I'm okay. Like that's like, that's a fun reference, but it's those ones that are just an art piece that looks like what came before or what comes after. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree with you, buddy. Uh, Andrea, what about you, my friend? Yeah, actually kind of had uh, brought it up earlier when uh, Luke is about to uh, kill Ben Solo and he takes that moment and looks down at his at his hand and like has that moment and then it's a direct correlation to the moment where in Return of the Jedi and again that's another one of those great moments that someone just kind of pulls out of you know we see on social media we see on Twitter and they line them up together and it's just like wow that that is beautiful and then to hear you know Ryan Johnson confirm it as well too absolutely that's what I was going for so that to me is my favorite moment. I remember when I first saw that, uh, you know, little video that someone put together, I immediately had to go watch those two scenes over again and just watch mm-hmm. how they related to each other and, and had that same timing and how wonderful uh, it was that Ryan Johnson could display that message without having to shove it down anyone's throat. You know, that's mm-hmm. the best thing about it. Um, and that it subtly came out like years later, you know, that that's what I love is it doesn't have to be a, a punch at Chewy or uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, I can't think of another ref. <laughs> I can't think of another <laughs> line right now mm-hmm. that they say. Totally. I, I don't know. I'll think of one later. But um, those ones that you don't know are there and then they they come to you. That's what I like. Yeah, no, that, that's, those are really good points. It's, it is so weird, like, even after so many years, like, in, with any of the movies, like, people will bring up different things. You're like, man, I did not see that. Why did I miss that? Like, how did I miss that? Yeah, it's it's crazy. I think the one the one for me that pops into my head is, uh, for like, in Rise of Skywalker, the whole Ben stuff, when he does the slide, the behind-the-back shoot, he does the shrug when he's surrounded by the... Um, Oh, God, what is their name? I'm blinking on all those. The, heavy uh, the Knights of Ren. Yes, the Knights of Ren. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, with those things. And you just, you know, I didn't notice it then. And then, like Andrea was saying, you go on social media and people are like, oh, man, look, it's such a direct connection to, to Han doing this and that. I'm just like, oh, my God, how brilliant are these directors? Because they do put these things together as much as maybe we don't want to see it or maybe some Give people don't want to admit it. Yeah, that it's it's there. And like you're saying, Andrew, Ryan Johnson, I think I could you could probably watch that movie and pick up something so different in Last Jedi, I think, because there's so many things that I think people are are noticing and they're bringing up. And it's just so, you know, it's amazing. But also animation, too. I love 
animation for me is one of my favorite Star Wars mediums right now. You know, what they're doing with Clone Wars, and especially those last four episodes of Clone Wars in season seven. My God, the callbacks, the the intertwining of the entire, you know, reference to Revenge of the Sith and everything. Man, that was mind blowing. And it was so good. The music was so good. Um, you know, and then even in Rebels, you know, there was moments in the show where, you know, Ezra said hello there. And Sabine said, you know, I don't like sand. So it was like those little ones that like you catch as a fan. You're like, ah, that's funny. <laughs> like yeah. it's such a small reference, but it's so like it's so Star Wars. You're like, oh, that's that's a good one. Well done, Dave Filoni. <laughs> well done. Uh, let's see. I think that is that. That was our last question for us, the gals. So uh, thank you guys, everybody, for uh, submitting your questions and all that. So thank you very much. Thanks for interacting with us. Mr. Ken Napsack, thank you, sir. Appreciate your time, as yeah, always, you, for hanging out with us and talking some silly Star Wars. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where everybody can, where people can find you, all the good stuff. Sure. If they want to uh, hear me talk Star Wars on a regular basis with Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa, they can go to the Force Center podcast feed at Force Center Pod. Uh, check it out there. It's on Anchor, Apple, all the spots. Uh, and then uh, you can uh, follow me at Ken Napsock or go to my website, KenNapsock.com. And, if, uh, you know, if you haven't picked up the book and, and you just hear me for the first time and, and, and I'm not uh, totally uh, turning you off, uh, you can pick up the book uh, wherever <laughs> books are found online or even if you can get in person to a bookstore, if, uh, if it could be there or if it's not, ask. And that forces them to order more copies. It's a great thing. Uh, but anyways, that's all on my website at KenNapsock.com. Awesome. Uh, and guys, thank you so much for listening to us. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Um, you can follow us, uh, the Galactic Podcast, at the Galactic Pod on Twitter. And you can follow our episodes just like this one on Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean. And uh, I think we actually just got on iHeartRadio, so that's kind of cool. Nice. Follow us on all that. And you can follow me on uh, Twitter at Loro Nose. You can follow me, Andrea Gutierrez, at R2D2Step on Twitter. And Mr. Ken Nepsock, we like to say, may the force be with you to end our show. Would you be so kind as to give us a good old may the force be with you to end our show? My pleasure. May the force be with you. Always. Always.